Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Skylar Sig Daddy Sigman, and this is the Weekend Review for Monday, October 5th. Firstly, I want to address this. Yes, I did not post an NXT TakeOver 31 review. I apologize for that. But I did not want to give you guys a half-assed review of a pay-per-view. That's... I don't want to give you guys stuff half-assed. That's just me. But I did watch the show. I did it. My energy levels, for some reason, were lacking on Sunday. I have no idea why. But I didn't want to give you guys a half-hearted review of the show. But I will give you my thoughts for NXT TakeOver 31 to start this episode of the show. So, really? I thought this was a pretty good show. Pretty darn good show. O'Reilly and Balor, man, that was a hard-hitting affair. Loved that match. I also loved Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai. If you haven't checked out their match from NXT TakeOver Toronto, what are you doing? You are absolutely missing out. This one was pretty good also. I thought it was really good. I didn't think it was to the level of the one from TakeOver Toronto, but still, it was hella good. And also... Isaiah Swerve Scott and Santos Escobar for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. That stole the freaking show. That was a certified banger. That made 205 Live relevant. Also on the show was Damian Priest versus Gargano, Johnny Gargano for the NXT North American Championship. I thought that was good alongside uh, Kushida and Velveteen Dream's match. I like the edge Kushida showed post-match against Velveteen Dream. I really like that. I probably was missing from his character. I'm not all too familiar with NXT television because I don't watch it because I watch AEW on Wednesdays. I've said it time and time again, but just to repeat that, if you haven't already know, if you don't already know, but. There was also some cool reveals during the show uh, on NXT TakeOver. They're bringing back Halloween Havoc. That's going to be pretty awesome. The set pieces back in the day day for WCW were pretty sweet. I I think it's cool that they're going to have Shotzi Blackheart host it. It makes sense. She's a horror movie fanatic, so maybe it makes it really interesting. She's got great charisma, great mic skills. So she should make a really good host for this. Uh, takeover, not takeover special, but NXT special on Wednesday, October 28th. We also saw on NXT TakeOver 31, Tony Storm and Ember Moon returning. Boy, does this add some depth to the women's division. They were pretty much, in, they were they uh, got reintroduced right after Io Shirai defended the title against uh, Candice LeRae. It was Tony Storm on a video uh, package on the uh, bat, not the battleground, but the uh, Thunderdome kind of screen, and then we had Ember Moon come at come back. They were showing those vignettes uh, for a few weeks and trying to tease who's coming back, and it was Ember Moon, and she's been out for a long, long time. But that's good. They're bringing her back to NXT, which I think. Would work will work out better for her booking wise and man Tony Storm versus Io Shirai and also Io Shirai 
versus Ember Moon. Those are two potential, potential bangers. Also saw this past week, another positive out of WWE, Bobby Roode's return to Monday Night Raw. That happened about a week ago. The roster definitely needs some girth back added back to it because there is they've used the same guys week in and week out but his return was welcome he had a really good match with drew mcintyre in an open challenge last monday on raw but yeah a lot of positives came out of this last week of wrestling Hopefully we have some good stuff coming up this week. We got Cody taking on Brody Lee in a dog collar match. We haven't seen one of those in an eternity. We haven't seen one of those matches. I'm really looking forward to it. I love the new side of Cody's character, the darker side of it. Hopefully we get a good match. Also this week is the 30th, uh, 30-year celebration of Le Champion. Chris Jericho should be hell hella fun on AEW Dynamite. He's teaming up with Jake Hager to take on Luther and Sir Pentico. And we continue into the build for Bound for Glory and Impact Wrestling. That's shaping up to be a really good card. So far for Bound for Glory 2020, it's Eric Young versus Rich Swan. That'll be likely to be the main event. That'll be for the Impact World Championship. Great story they have going there. We have Kylie Ray taking on Deanna Perrazzo for the Impact Knockouts Championship. That should be a great match, too. And the third match on the card so far, it's the Motor City Machine Guns defending their Impact World Tag Team Championships against the Good Brothers, the North, and Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Bound for Glory is shaping up to be a really good card. Look forward to that. I'll be definitely reviewing that. I'll definitely be reviewing Bound for Glory coming up on October 24th. But let's get into the news. Now it's time to get into the news of the week, or not really news of the week, but little bits and tidbits and kind of highlights from this past week of professional wrestling. Today, it was revealed that uh, we found out, at least I found out today, that uh, former WWE star Jazz announced her retirement. She's been around for a very, very long time. A career spanning 22 years. She revealed in an interview with uh, Chris Van Vliet that uh, she had her last match this past Sunday. Definitely wish her the best in retirement. She's a former two-time WWF, WWE Women's Championship, also a former NWA World's Women's Champion. A storied career for Jazz. Wish her the best in her retirement, but definitely, definitely a true pioneer in women's wrestling. I think she was way before her time. And negative news, though. WWE is reportedly taking over Twitch accounts in four months. So this was first reported by Wrestling Inc. that an email was sent out uh, this uh, past week 
as a reminder that WWE talent has until October 2nd, which was last what Friday, to sever ties with third-party platforms. So last month, Vince said he sent a letter to talent that they were not allowed to do business with these guys like Twitch and YouTube accounts, but they were told that they were fine as long as they did not use their WWE character names. But what we found out last week was that WWE will be taking over their Twitch accounts in four weeks. And the talent will receive a percentage of the revenue that is earned. But this is going to count against their downside guarantees. What this says to me is all they're trying to do is make a buck, make more money. It's not like they don't have enough money already. The, the talent should have the right to make more money. I don't know why it's a problem for them to have a Twitch account or a YouTube account using their superstar name. Oh, they may be owned by WWE trademarks. But wait a minute. Wait, WWE wrestlers are independent contractors. They're not contracted employees, which would in turn give them the right to do whatever they want outside of wrestling for the most part. Like have a Twitch account. Or have a YouTube account. It's so stupid and so petty. I respect Impact Wrestling and AEW for allowing their wrestlers to do 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 these allow them to have these Twitch accounts. WWE, it's called micromanaging, and they are too damn good at it. It's just infuriating. What can they do? Oh, you can have an Instagram or Twitter, but we can't let you use a video gaming platform that sometimes helps raise money for causes or helps the superstars make more money because some of them are not getting paid millions of dollars. A lot of them probably aren't getting paid millions of dollars. I don't know the salary rate, but it's not crazy high unless you're a big big star so they should be able to make another make extra money if they can they have families as heath slater says or heath i got kids but it's utterly ridiculous at this point i don't even understand it anymore i just feel bad for those People who built those platforms and now WWE, if they make any money off of it, is going to make money off of their their accounts, even though they're not really owned by WWE and they're independent contractors. This is just, it's just idiotic. It's just idiotic to me. And more negative news, Joey Ryan. You haven't heard him about him in a while, have you? He filed a multi-million dollar lawsuit against the speaking out accusers. You, if you haven't looked at Twitter, there's plenty of stuff about the speaking out movement. The sexual assault allegations against certain wrestlers, many wrestlers, 
It's all over the place. Joey Ryan was maybe the worst perpetrator in these allegations. Uh, Impact Wrestling was forced to release uh, Joey Ryan. After these allegations, he deactivated his social media accounts and then reactivated them along with his Patreon. And he's also made statements denying those allegations he previously that were made against him. This is all in an article posted on WrestlingInc.com. He filed a lawsuit in the U.S. District and Central Court on September 24th. And Ryan has apparently said that he's lost upwards of $20,000 in monthly income from his various revenue resources or revenue sources, including live event bookings, merch, merch, Twitch, Cameo, and Patreon. And one of the, the filing also contains details of the losses Ryan has claimed. Well, details the losses, details of the losses that Ryan has claimed to have lost. So, firstly, it was the loss of social media followers of at least 11,000 on his Twitter account as a long, not as long, but as well as no longer receiving 1,000 followers per month as Ryan previously had. He's also lost $8,000, not $8,000, but 8,000 followers on his Instagram as well as not as no longer receiving 1,000 followers per month as Ryan previously had. He's also also included in this are the losses of revenues from bar wrestling. Well, yeah, bar wrestling and venues actually venues and revenues of bar wrestling of the amounts of $1,500 per month from distribution and streaming services and $2,000 per event with two events per month. The list goes on and on. Supposedly, he's seeking, Ryan, well, it says Ryan's seeking $200,000 in economic damages as to each of the defendants or the amount lost as the result of defendant's conduct multiplied by the months from June 21st to the date of the award of economic damages. He's also seeking $5 million as to each of the defendants and non-economic damages as well as punitive damages of $10 million due to malice, hatreds, hatred, ill will, and despicable and intentional acts. My take on this. He's not going to win this. That He's not making that much money. There is no way in hell he's making that much money. And plus, if he's making that much money, there would be no way, though. There's there's no way he may be making that much money because you know why? COVID's been going on since March. And events weren't held from, what, March till dang near July, August. He's not losing $20,000 a month. He's going to lose this. He's wasting his money and his time. He just needs to go get himself some help. That's just my take on it. Just get some help. The, the The money and the damages are just absolutely ridiculous. The Instagram followers, Twitter followers, what does that have to do with anything? 
Really, what does that have to do with anything? People just have lost respect for him, which I'm one of them. But seriously, the guy needs to go get some help. Because there's no way you're winning this. And you just need to fix yourself. Fix yourself. Get yourself better. Just make yourself a better person. Try to improve yourself every single day instead of denying the mistakes you made. Denying the mistakes you made. Own own up to them. That's it on that topic. In other WWE news, recently it was uh, noted by Alex McCarthy of Talk Sport that Triple H is not sure if NXT is going to be involved in the draft this upcoming Friday on SmackDown. That's when it starts. And he's still working things out with the draft and he's waiting to find out. But Triple H said in this conversation also that and well, it said in this Alex McCarthy's tweet that Gargano and Candice LeRae are just getting going with the Gargano way. I hope so, but I have a feeling they could be going to Raw or SmackDown if the draft does happen and they include NXT in the draft. Really, honestly, they need to include NXT in the draft because this is my thoughts on it. Talent that's been underutilized and booked horribly need to be moved to NXT. And other guys need to be moved up to the main roster. I don't I don't care this talk of NXT's the main roster now. I still don't think it is. I don't think it's been treated like it is. I still think it's the third third brand. SmackDown, I think, is number one right now. Raw is number two, even though it's not a great show. Then three is NXT. I, I don't know. It just seems like they're still in the minor leagues in comparison to Raw and SmackDown. They're not treated as an equal. But some guys could benefit from moving up to Raw or SmackDown. I think Gargano maybe, but his his size and I think this would be the case if Gargano were to Gargano and Larray were to get moved up to Raw and SmackDown or or drafted to Raw and SmackDown. I think Larray would be better off well, Ray would have a better chance at succeeding on the main roster than Johnny. It's just Vince's take on Vince's thing with smaller guys. Not very often have they been very successful. But there's very there's a few exceptions to the rule here. We have Daniel Bryan. We have AJ Styles. We have Kofi Kingston. Those are recent recent examples. But I am not sure about Gargano. He can put on one hell of a freaking match. He's got the fans behind him. The fans absolutely love him, but he's well, he's currently in a heel role now and right now, but I don't know. He's a really good underdog. I'll say that Gargano is. He's doing a solid job as a heel from what I see. Well, Ray, I think how it would be would have a better chance at succeeding, but it's going to be hard because Way Raw and SmackDown are booked, I have no idea because they seem to be sticking with three people at the t- right now. And that's Asuka, Bailey, and Sasha Banks. That's about it. But we'll see how it goes. Hopefully NXT gets included in the draft coming up here starting on Friday. 
on SmackDown on Fox. Last bit of news kind of wanted to get into here was Matt Cardona no longer with AEW after fulfilling his limited date agreement. This brings up speculation that Cardona could be going somewhere else. I don't know where. I'm not sure. WWE is, I think, out of the question here. But Impact Wrestling, I think that'd be a, that could be a good landing spot for him. I think it could be. Heath's there. Gallows and Anderson are there. Some pretty good matchups could happen over there. We could see Cardona actually face Eric Young. We, that, that should have happened in WWE. We could actually see Cardona versus EC3, Cardona versus Moose. There's plenty of opportunities for Cardona in Impact Wrestling. We could see Cardona versus Swan also, Cardona versus Willie Mack. But we could see him return to AEW sometime in the near future. It was just a limited appearance deal for him. He's got a pretty loyal following. He's also on the Major Wrestling Figure podcast with his uh, buddy Brian Myers. So he, yeah, if, he, if it's possible, I think he's going to go to Impact next. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. But that's going to do it for me for this week's edition of the Weekend Review on Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. For this and all other episodes, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and many other podcasting platforms. Also, make sure to follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Sig Daddy Wrestle. Until next time, this is Sig Daddy signing off. Thanks for listening, and so long, everybody.